Hey everybody, what's up? This is Matt Miller, joined by my man Connor J. Rogers. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 18, Matt. 18. It's crazy. Peyton Manning. We got our Peyton Manning show here. Right. Uh, It's a good one, man. We're going to bring our intern, Kennedy, in for Draft on Draft and iTunes questions at the end of the show. Uh, That's a lot of fun as we kind of initiate her into the podcast. But I think first and foremost, this podcast is very draft heavy, and I know it hasn't been over the summer, but it, it really will be you know, starting Labor Day weekend. So I think we have to talk about what the Bills have done. It's not quite tanking, but they have said, listen, we're not we're not that good. We have a bad roster. Let's sell off Sammy Watkins and Ronald Darby before they hit free agency and we lose them for maybe just a compensatory pick if they don't spend money on their own. That's a whole nother problem. But what did you think, Connor? as kind of our AFC East expert, when that happened. I mean, do you think, are the Bills, I hate the word tanking, but I, yeah. do they feel like this is a lost year? Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's not technically tanking, but I, I would call it well-calculated preparation for next year's draft because you have Tyrod Taylor and you have some pieces on both sides of the ball that you'll still win some games, especially the run game with Sean McCoy. And you obviously have a first-year coach that's not going to say, hey, I'm going to go out there and lay a complete egg my first year. He's going to go coach his ass off, but... When it comes down to it, this screamed one thing to me. The Bills are looking to move up next year to take a franchise quarterback. They have an out in Tyrod Taylor's contract. They've never fully committed to him, whether you believe that's right or wrong. I like Tyrod Taylor and think with the right pieces you can win with him. Obviously, I don't think Buffalo truly believes in that. They have now two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and two third-round picks for next year. They will go. I think they will go up and get their quarterback. I I really do, and I think this is probably maybe a seven win team this year. You know, give or take a couple game, a couple wins or losses there. Um, you know, the, they have the Jets in their division who should lose <laughs> more games wins. than them <laughs> and want and want to win and probably want a quarterback. But it, it seems pretty obvious what the Bills are trying to do here. And one thing I do want to get to, Matt. Because I get this a lot so often from fans, especially I got it from Bengals fans this last week who were not happy with me and Mello's very lowly prediction for them when I said they're bad. In the NFL, you are either good or bad. And when you are good, you are a playoff team, a playoff contender. When you are bad, you are everything else. You don't want to be a seven-win team. You don't want to be a six-win team treading water. You need to get a franchise quarterback. The Bills' new regime cut right to the chase and said, we don't want to be you know, treading water for a couple of years. We want to completely restock and rebuild right away. And we've talked about, listen, next year's class has a chance to be great with three big quarterbacks right at the top, Josh Allen, Josh Rose, and Sam Darnold. So if you are the Bills and say, we need a guy, we don't believe a Tyrod's a franchise quarterback, whether you agree with that or not, let's go get our guy. And now they have the ammunition to do that with, like you said, six picks in the top 96, that'll get it done. And they should have money to spend to improve around him. You have a team with a, a decent defense, decent offensive line, a great running back. So that could extend that window a little bit. But I liked the trade for Buffalo. I'm not sure what the Rams are doing because you trade for Sammy Watkins, who can't stay healthy. He's a free agent after this year. And even if he walks, you think, okay, we'll get a third-round comp pick, but not if you sign anyone for agency because it would cancel out. So it's a big risk. Obviously, they think they can get him re-signed because of the LA market being a big pull for free agents, but it's it's a risk. If he's healthy, I like that receiver core a lot with Cup, with Woods, with Tavon, 
And now you throw Sammy into that mix. I like what Sean McVay is doing in Los Angeles right now. I think that he's trying to construct the same offense he had in Washington. So, I, I mean, I, I, yeah. I just wish they would have played golf more than one series. Yeah, me too. I didn't understand that. That's not, yeah, that I didn't understand that at all. We need to see more golf. Golf needs more reps. Don't protect him too much because the right, you can't hide from anyone during the regular season. But speaking of, you know, not being able to hide from anyone and all these franchise quarterbacks, we saw some pretty good rookie quarterback performances week one of the preseason, Matt. Yeah, we really did, man. Mitch Trubisky, Deshaun Watson, both look like starters. Deshaun Kaiser, Played very well. I thought his deep ball was really impressive. Pat Mahomes needs work. We knew that. But I I thought he looked pretty solid out there. Even C.J. Beathard looked pretty good. So this rookie quarterback class, and I tweeted this, I hope we see these guys getting reps with the twos, getting reps with the ones. Definitely want to see them progress. And especially for Watson and Trubisky, it's time to see them with starters against starters, but they all handled themselves very well. Yeah, I think those teams just need to put the most talented guy in the field, and I, I think for each of those, listen, Trubisky is just a way better player than Mike Lennon will ever be. It's as simple as that. He has more arm talent. He's more mobile. You could do more with him in the offense. It's going to be hard for the Bears to start the season with Glennon, but I understand it in a way because you... Gave him a lot of money. You want to protect your rookie quarterback that you always thought needed time just because he's exceeding expectations doesn't mean you throw him into the fire. But it's going to be hard. It's going to be a hard sell. And the same for Houston right now. I think Deshaun Watson has to start there. The Chiefs, on the other hand, I'm okay with starting with Alex Smith. I know a lot of the Chiefs fans want to get right into it with Pat Mahomes, but I, I do think he needs a little, just a little bit of time. Yeah, I'm with you. And like you said, Glennon posted it. I know it's the preseason. Your quarterback rating was zero. And they just gave him starting quarterback money. It's it's embarrassing how bad he was. I want to talk, though, about someone who was maybe a standout performer for you, not a rookie quarterback. Uh, there were a couple for me. I thought Aaron Lynch for the 49ers looked very good rushing the passer. Rico Gathers at tight end for the Cowboys definitely stood out as a playmaker. So those were two guys that I saw either live or, or going back and watching film that stood out to me. Were there any guys who just jumped off the screen for you this week? I mean, I'm really excited for Richard Robinson in San Francisco. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think this guy has number one corner potential. Now, the problem with him will always kind of be, you know, can he stay on the field? He had some problems with that at LSU. I just think that this is a guy that, you know, he didn't go until the fourth round of the 2016 draft because of some of the off-field concerns. But he has talent of a round one player, and I think the Niners are starting to kind of reap the rewards there of that. So I'm really excited for him. I thought Taewon Taylor looked really good for Tennessee. Oh, yeah. I I mean, I was really impressed with what he did in Tennessee. I think he's going to find his way in to get some targets this year. I know they got Corey Davis. They got Eric Decker. They have Delaney Walker there. Marcus Mariota has good run game behind him. But I think Taewon Taylor can find his way onto the field, and and he looked really good. Granted, mostly against the, in the second half, but he looked really good against the Jets on Saturday night. Yeah, I agree. Let's uh, quickly, because we have so much going on this week, but I want to talk about the AFC South and the NFC South. The AFC South is really interesting to me because I think everyone's picking the Titans to win it, and you mentioned Taewon Taylor. It made me think of this. The offense is going to be great. I worry so much about the secondary And if the defense is going to be good enough to step up and make plays, when on the other hand, the Texans 
We don't know what that offense is going to look like because we don't know who the quarterback will be. But the defense has a chance to be the best in the NFL again. Uh, J.J. Watt and Jadavion Clowney and Whitney Merciless, like they are going to go after folks. And then the Colts, I think, are kind of at a crossroads. We don't know what Andrew Luck is going to do if he's going to play this year. And then you have the Jaguars, who I do not expect to be very good because of the quarterback position. How does this division stack for you? Are the Titans clearly at the top? Yeah, I have the Titans at the top. And and listen, I don't think getting by the Texans is going to be easy because, I mean, listen, Deshaun Watson should start. I've, I've pleaded that case already. But like you said, Matt, they have pieces. When you look at that defensive line, the good thing is the Titans have a good offensive line. That's their saving grace yeah. because Houston is going to eat people alive in the trenches and they're going to get better quarterback play. I think the receivers are going to have help this year. I don't think this is going to be some prolific offense by any means, but I think the defense is going to be very good. When all is said and done, I think the Titans stand out in this division. I think Houston can definitely play themselves to a wild card. Um, I, I don't expect much from the Colts or Jags this year. I think the luck stuff gets more concerning by the day. You, you can't go into the season with Scott Tolzien starting games for you <laughs> because you're not that good anyway. So having an awful backup start games for you is essentially automatic losses for me. And the Jags, until and listen, I think Doug Marone is going to coach his ass off for this team. And I think Leonard Fournette, if he can stay healthy, is going to run the shit out of the ball. But you're just not going anywhere with Blake Bortles. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Now on the flip side, the NFC South, we have the last two Super Bowl losers, the Falcons and Panthers, an ascending team in the Buccaneers, and a wild card in the Saints, where that Super Bowl window is, or playoff window at least, is always open because of Drew Brees. I think they have a defense that's getting better. But when I look at that division, it's all Atlanta, just because of how good the offense was last year. I know Kyle Shanahan's gone, so there's a changeover coming there. But the defense is going to fly with Tack McKinley, Deion Jones, Vic Beasley, and you get Desmond Trufant back healthy. Yeah, I think, and I, Matt, I actually want to hear your opinion on this. I think, and we talked about this a lot for the NFC East, this is the tightest division across all four teams. There's no basement oh, dweller with you. here. Yeah. I think, the, for me, it stacks up, and, and this might be kind of a hot take because Atlanta was just in the Super Bowl. I think this division falls out as with the Panthers on top, the Bucks in second, the Falcons, and then the Saints this year. I think Carolina completely rebounds this year. I love what they've put around Cam Newton. I still think that defense can be pretty fierce. They're well coached. Obviously, anyone watching Hard Hard Knocks right now, it's hard to not get excited about the Bucks because uh, Jameis Winston and that offense is just a very likable bunch in terms of you know what they're going to do on the football field this year. It's going to be an explosive team. Uh, Gerald McCoy might be the most lovable Hard Knocks character we've had in quite some time. <laughs> yeah, but it, from a football standpoint, for me, I think the Panthers and the Bucks are at the top this year in this division. I still have the Falcons at the top, but I see it. I'm with you because I just don't know what Sark will be able to do and which Matt Ryan we're going to see. With the Panthers, I just worry about keeping Cam Newton healthy. Hopefully the ball comes out much quicker with Christian McCaffrey, yep. a healthy Kelvin Benjamin who made a great catch in the preseason week one. And then the Bucks and Saints, I wouldn't be surprised if every team in this division is above seven and nine. Yeah, I agree. Like you said it's a it's a very good division. Yeah, across the board, all four teams. This is this can go. I mean, you might have the last place team win three to four less games than the first place team. Uh, maybe la- I mean yeah. it's going to be 
so, so tight. And at some point, I would like to write it out, you know, do a full season prediction. I know you always used to do that for previews and really see how this, how the potential is to stack this up in terms of how many games can they really win. Even the, there's going to be no basement dweller here. That's the most interesting thing to me with this division. Yeah, I agree. And I'm excited because, like you said, that Tampa offense is going to be prolific. I think the Atlanta offense has a chance to be great again. The Carolina offense should be better. And the Saints are always good with Drew Brees. And they have Michael Thomas emerging as a top 10 receiver. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch the NFC South this year. Yeah, it is. The other thing I'm excited about, dude, is this week, late this week, we're actually recording a second episode of Stick to Football this week. We're going to bring our buddy Matt Camp on. He's our fantasy football expert for Bleacher Report. And we're going to answer all your fantasy questions. We're going to talk rankings, mock drafts, the whole deal. Because hopefully you're not like me and you had your draft in July <laughs> and you pick Ezekiel Elliott number four overall. Hashtag dad And he gets suspended for six games. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt. It's going to be awesome having camp on. So Friday, we're going to be recording a fantasy special. We're going to get that out to you as fast as we can. But Matt's going to join us the entire episode. We're going to get you the entire fantasy preview. We're going to go very rookie heavy. We know, you know, if you guys want to come a play, come to a place where you're getting the best possible info about rookies, me and Matt are going to be on to talk to camp. And Camp knows not just the rookies, but everyone across the board, his projections, his rankings, you know, where you should be drafting who. So we're very excited to have Camp on for a full extra episode of Stick to Football. Number 19 will be a bonus episode. It's going to be great. And, and if you guys like the bonus episodes, you can tweet at Bleacher Report and tell them that we need to do two of them a week <clears throat> moving forward from now on. Hopefully my voice will hold up for, for two <laughs> episodes a week. Uh, we'll be back right after this quick break. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Episode 18 of Stick to Football. This is Matt Miller joined by Connor Rogers. And you're going to hear a new voice for the first time. No, it's it's not Mello. It's not Nelson. It's Kennedy, our intern, who I swear to God, Connor, I don't know if you know this. She applied to intern for me like four years ago. And we're finally bringing her out of the bullpen She'll be our, our weekly draft on draft host. So I'm excited about this, man. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And uh, Kennedy, say hi to everyone. Hi, everyone. She's going to be reading all the draft on draft questions, getting involved with your guys' questions that you send us every single week so we don't miss any. So if we did miss any so far, we apologize. But now we have someone that's a little more organized than us here to clean that up. So I say we get this thing going. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, let's, let's dive right in and, and have some fun. All right, let's get it started. This question was by far the best question we've gotten all week. It was sent in by Austin Siebert. He's been sending great questions. What is more likely to happen this year? The Jets making the playoffs or Matt wearing a romper? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Man, that's a loyal fan. Well, I can guarantee you the Jets aren't making the playoffs. That I can guarantee you. I can also guarantee you that I'm not wearing a romper. Yeah, so so it goes both ways. (laughs) The likelihood is zero and zero. I, I don't I, know. Your, your boy Hackenberg looked pretty good the other night. How how Jets would it be to win like to win eight or nine games this year? Oh, I, my my dad called me after the preseason game, and the first, he doesn't even waste any time. He goes, "They're going eight and eight. He goes, "They're going eight be, and eight. I'm like, "Dad, they're not going to win hilarious. eight games, but you're probably right. They will sabotage their plan and win six or five. Anthony Mongo on iTunes, who has been sending in great questions week after week. I've really enjoyed all of them. Asked. Which NFL owner would you most like to coach for and why? 
Oh man, I'm going first because mine's Jerry <laughs> Jones, and I have said this. I even remember back when I was in high school and I thought I was going to play in the NFL, and I was like, I want to play for Jerry Jones because he takes care of everyone. He's super loyal. And he's he's very patient. I mean, Jason Garrett is one of the longest tenured head coaches in the NFL, and it's not like they've been great every season. So, and I, I mean, you can't beat living in Dallas, where state of Texas, no state income tax. That's extra ten percent in my pocket every year. So, I think of it in those terms. But also, just working for Jerry would be great. See, I th- I would go with the Steelers with the Rooney family, just because yeah. not, not only is there so much history there, but to your point, Matt, I think they've shown that they've been patient. Uh, They've given a young guy a chance like Mike Tomlin, who's now been with them a while. And I I mean, there was some down years for Tomlin, but they, you know, they were patient. Obviously, he had instant success, it felt like. And then I don't know, it just seems like a really good organization to work for that always backs the employees that are working for them. I think they always give them the right help. And that's why they've been one of the most successful franchises in the NFL. So if it wasn't going to be in Dallas for me, I would have to go with the Steelers. Karen Shanker on Twitter wants to know what college football playoff matchups would you like to see? Oh man, we're going to get a good one early, this Alabama-Florida State game. And I actually want to see it again at the end of the year because like that that Alabama defense against the speed of the Florida State offense, I think it'll be a great matchup and vice versa. Florida State pass rushers are locked and loaded. They are so talented. So definitely want to see that one. Um, I, I think USC Alabama would be a great matchup just because Sam Darnold and Clay Helton's offense going against Nick Saban and that Alabama defense. So if it's the like the end of the year, if it's the championship game, and this isn't my prediction, it's just who I would like to see. I would love to see USC go against Alabama. Yeah, one for me uh, would be the Barkley Geist Bowl. I would like to see Penn State and LSU just because uh, I think you'd see two teams trying to just punch each other in the mouth, running the ball over and over again. I think they're physical football teams. I think that'd be a really good matchup. I don't know if LSU has enough to make it to the playoff this year, and it's it's not that they lack talent. It's just that when you're playing in the SEC, it's always tough you know, to get that playoff spot. I think Penn State definitely has a chance. That would be yeah, the one for do. me just because it would be an ultimate prospect bowl. And Ohio State versus Clemson is another one. Just I want to see Billy Price, who is, God, I love this kid at center. I want to see him play against Dexter Lawrence and Christian Wilkins just because like when that game's over, you know who, who the big dog is. So that would be a lot of fun for me. TSB22 on iTunes asked, now that Cutler is signed, is this the end of the road for Kaepernick? Man, I don't think it's the end of the road. I, I'm holding out hope that there's going to be a spot for him. I mean, there should have been a million times, so it's, you're starting to lose faith here. But Miami wasn't the right place, and I know people are up in arms saying, I can't believe they signed Jay Cutler over Colin Kaepernick. But Miami, the relationship between Gase and Cutler, this move actually made sense. The one place yeah. I think that Kaepernick should have gone, and we've heard that the staff and even the front office – vouched for him it was the owner that shot it down is Baltimore that's the best fit and you know what's hard for me is I don't think this is the last road for him but it hurts just because there aren't many teams that need a quarterback to answer the question but when you're watching teams like the Colts and Cowboys play the other night with their awful backup quarterbacks like I tweeted this and I believe it Kellen Moore is the worst quarterback in the NFL are you telling me Dallas wouldn't be better served with Kaepernick as the backup quarterback and people have talked before about he has to be in a system that fits his traits. He and Dak Prescott are pretty similar in terms of athleticism, so he could fit into that system. And you know, we haven't talked a lot of Kaepernick on here. We don't jump into the social issues as much as you might think for 
a podcast called Stick to Football, but I think we both are all feel that you know, he deserves to be in the NFL, but deserves to be and will be are very different things, unfortunately. Matthew Joe on iTunes asked, which draft class was the most disappointing compared to how they were graded coming in? Oh, man. For me, it's 2013. And it's that's one of those years we look back and it is horrible. I mean, Eric Fisher has been okay. Luke Jokel was a bust. Deion Jordan was a bust. So much of that top 10 and top 15 was bad. And it seems like the Vikings who came out of that class with a good draft. I mean, you can see that it's now the foundation for them. The Panthers were the same way. You know, teams that that found some success. Uh, Ziggy Onset to the Lions was a pick a lot of people didn't like, and it's one of the better picks in that class. So, and and 2013, we knew it was kind of a bad quarterback year, you know, with Geno Smith and Matt Barkley and those guys. But it's just been a bad year overall. I mean, EJ Manuel was the first quarterback taken. That should tell you a whole lot about how bad that class was. Yeah, I, I think Matt m- makes a good point that there was a lot of guys that we thought were locks to be at least starting caliber players that fizzled out. Uh, just to give you another one, and this one had a lot of talent, but there were also a lot of huge misses, was the 20, 2008 class. I think Darren McFadden's career didn't go the way people had hoped. Oh, we yeah. thought he'd be a generational kind of talent. Uh, Glenn Dorsey was a... I mean, Glenn Dorsey was one of the most dominant players in college football for LSU. Goes fifth overall, overall to the Chiefs. Not really much going on there. Vernon Golston for the New York Jets. Good Lord, what an, one of the <laughs> biggest busts ever. Definitely probably the biggest bust in New York Jets history. There was a lot in that class of players that you thought were just guaranteed to be really, really good and, and fell flat. Even Felix Jones and Rashard Mendenhall, two other first-round running backs, they just didn't hold up long enough in the league. And when you spend a first-rounder on a running back, I mean, that's why a lot of teams don't do it anymore. They, I would call their careers a little disappointing. So 2008 had some really good players, but a lot of big misses too. Yeah, that's a good one. Going way back, you were like five years old when that draft yeah, happened. Yeah, right. What are you talking about? <laughs> Iron J. Mike asked, in sight of the six-game suspension of Zeke, said, if you were the commissioner of the NFL, how would your policies or decisions compare to Goodell's? Ooh, Connor, man. go first so that I can filter my thoughts, because I don't want my credentials to get like shot down when I have to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, stuff. there's a lot here. <laughs> the NFL has a consistency problem. That's what it comes down to at the end of the day, is people want punishment and penalties and fines to be consistent. And there has been none when it comes down to it. And the biggest gripe, listen, I think there's a lot of information. This is my gut feeling. I think there's a lot of information that general public does not know about Ezekiel Elliott. And that's why he got six games. And maybe I'm wrong. But I think a lot of people going to bat to defend him, I think that's risky business. And I see it so much on Twitter. And I get it. It's a lot of Cowboys fans that also work in media. I totally understand they're upset. Because they'd like better explanations. Because the explanations given have been awful. But my gut feeling, or at least what I'm you know, hoping to make it justified, is that they have more info that they don't want to release to kind of save him in the long term. I don't know. But when you look at how they handled the Josh Brown thing, which is awful, and a guy that admitted to all of it, and everything's out there, one game, it's a consistency issue. And that's what the NFL needs to find, or else there's going to be outcry. And it's not just for the suspensions and everything. It's the way the games are refed, whether it's pass interference calls, whether it's certain celebrations being flagged and not. And they're trying to bring clarity on that this year. But the suspensions is where it starts, and they need to find a way to make it more consistent. So the first thing I would do as commissioner of the NFL is make it legal for weed to be a painkiller. I'm with you on that. First minute I'm on the job, I'm signing that. Like Trump in the wall. First thing I'm doing. Second thing I would do is, like Connor said, go for consistency. And listen, the Zeke thing, 
is frustrating to me because of the lack of consistency. I mean, if, if you follow me on Twitter for a minute, you know how I feel about men who put their hands on women. I think it's awful. But to give him six games and say, we're sitting you down, and they didn't give him six games under the domestic violence policy. It's a personal conduct policy. So it's completely different. I just want consistency and more answers from the NFL, and it looks bad when Roger Goodell's not even part of the process. And I know that they brought in experts, and it's a lot like Deflategate to me. It seems like there are a lot of holes in the process that seem like common sense. Like, just plug those holes and then come to the public and say, hey, we have reason to believe he hurt his girlfriend. Everyone I know, Cowboys fan or not, would be like, okay, fuck this guy. Six games. Sit him down. You know, he needs to learn a lesson. And I do think he does need to learn a lesson. I just want the NFL to be consistent to where when Ray Rice gets two games and Josh Brown gets one, but Zeke gets six and Tom Brady gets four. And back in the day, Roethlisberger got six. And he was accused of two different incidents with women. And it it went to four on appeal. So I guess once we see where the appeal process goes, we'll know more. But it's just another nightmare for Roger Goodell. And I'm sorry for this one, Connor. This was sent in by Jets0-16. Nice, love that. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Leonard Fournette's comments about the NFL being slower than he thought it would be? Um. Oh, man. Listen, I, so I'm always scared that these things are taken out of context, so I did go back and read it in full. And it wasn't the smartest thing to say because guess what, Leonard Fournette? It's going to get a lot faster and tougher during the regular season. I think the thing that bothered me most about all of this is that he got nicked up after his first game and you make those comments and a guy that fought an ankle and all kinds of injuries over college, you start to worry like, okay, you're saying it's easy, but you're always hurt. So I think that's my biggest concern with Fournette's comments is, listen, if you're banged up all the time, don't say stuff like that. It's as simple as that. I didn't read the whole interview. Was he like kind of, you know, pushed into that corner to saying it was slower? I always wonder about that because I've interviewed people where I gladly hold their hand and get get the answer I want. No, I don't think so. I think he just was, you know, kind of reporters were asking, you know, because his, his YPC was low. So I think reporters yeah. were saying, you know, was this a big step up and not doubting him in a way, but kind of leading him into the like, you know, do you have any concerns about the adjustment you're going to face? Oh, right on, okay. NFL? We hear this from SEC guys every year, though. All the I time. mean, they always talk about the NFL's, you know, I've played in the SEC for three years. The NFL is nothing. I like Connor said, let's see that I love Fournette. I mean, he was a top five player on my board. Let's see how it looks when teams are game planning for you and when they're stacking the box because your quarterback sucks. Blake That's what's going to be fun. <laughs> this was a last minute question sent in by Cole Thompson on Twitter asking if the Jets are able to pull five wins out of the season with Christian Hackenberg. Do you maybe look for an offensive lineman or running back help in the first round? Uh, I could see Connor's face when you read that question, and it's just disgust and pain. You know why? Because like, I get no. this question on Twitter all the time, and there's so many layers to it. You can't just and I understand it's, you know, there's limited characters and all that stuff, and you don't want to send me a novel. I appreciate that. But did they win five games because they have a pretty good defense? Because they do. Or did they win five games because Christian Hackenberg went out there, completed 65% of his passes, threw 15 touchdowns and four or five picks? There's so many different levels to that. Now, he's probably not going to do that, but five wins isn't, it's not quarterback wins. And we go through this all the time. So I'll just say this I'm rooting for Christian Hackenberg, not just because I'm a Jets fan. I think it's bullshit what's gone on with him through the media. I, I think it's absolutely ridiculous, and I hope he comes out on top of it. But my gut feeling is the Jets will be taking a quarterback with a top five pick next spring. 
Yeah, we're signing one in free agency because they're going to have a ton of money. Yeah. So I think the Jets have a new starting quarterback next year when we're talking about this after the draft. You know, by then they will have a new starting quarterback. And I'm rooting for Hack, too, for the same reason, because the New York media has decided this is the kid they're going to shit on. And even the other night when he was early on was completing like 80% of his passes, people were complaining that he wasn't throwing the ball down the field. And it's the West Coast offense. Like, did you bitch when Joe Montana threw slants? Like, that's the offense. That's how it works. So I was frustrated. I'm rooting for him just for that reason. And I also like it when guys, you know, everyone hated that pick. Everyone. like I did. You did. We all had him ranked much lower than that. So I would love to see him just put up the middle finger to the entire NFL media. It would be, it'd be heartwarming. All right, guys, that's it for this week's draft on draft questions. Pretty good debut for Kennedy. We're not done with her yet because we have to initiate her into this podcast. Gauntlet. <laughs> so you have to give quick answers here, but I think it's only fair if we run you through the gauntlet. I'm ready for the gauntlet. I knew it was coming. Bring it on. Bring it on. Okay. For question one, assuming you're 21 years old now, what is your favorite beer? My favorite beer would be a Barrio Blonde in Tucson, Arizona. It's from a small brewery right there by my house, and it's by far my favorite. A very That's respectable a answer. answer. When somebody says a beer you've never heard of, you're just like, okay, you win that one. Yeah. Number, number two, what's the meanest some. tweet you've ever been sent? <laughs> I think the meanest tweet I've ever gotten was right after we beat Fresno State Volleyball my sophomore year. I got a tweet from a random fan saying that my legs were really disproportional to my body it wasn't necessarily mean. It was just really, really weird. That that yeah, I'm, that, that's up there. So, other than volleyball, because you are a college volleyball player, we should have pointed that out. What's the one game that none of your friends can beat you at? Ooh, one game other than volleyball, of course, would be jump rope. <laughs> I used to compete, and I won nationals when I was what? younger. <laughs> yeah, crazy. I could do 155 doubles in a minute. I was on ESPN and everything. It was pretty funny. Jesus, that's actually like a CrossFit cool. monster. Then we have to find that clip. That's great. All right, on a deserted island, who's your uh, your dream guy to be stranded with? Okay, my dream guy on an island is kind of embarrassing. I was obsessed with him in high school. It's Matt Leinart. Wow. I know he had a terrible NFL career, but I just loved him so much at USC. I have to stick with him. I loved him so much. Uh, yeah, I got to go with him. Yeah, you could buy low now. It's a buy low. Yeah. Yeah, I say your chances <laughs> you might not are have good, gotten you know? Heisman Trophy winner Matt Liner, but you yeah. can get 34-year-old NFL bust Matt Liner. All right, here's the most important question. I know that you're aware of our feud, Connor and I, our rivalry. When it comes to hot dogs, is it ketchup or mustard? I'm sorry for this one, Matt, but I have to go with ketchup. I know it's another L for you. Oh, my God, Matt. Another L for you. No one that we have had on this podcast supports me. No one. No. If I really had to choose, I'd put both on my hot dog. But since I have to pick one, I have to choose ketchup. (laughs) Wow. That's another day of winning for me. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, Kennedy. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, you're awesome, Kennedy. Guys, be sure, leave your draft on draft questions, leave your iTunes reviews, because now we have someone who is officially here to find those and ask them for us. So uh, looking forward to some more fun questions next week. Yeah, start tagging Kennedy. If you think your question got missed, tag Kennedy in the tweet. She'll definitely get to it, at Kennedy L. Kurtz. So listen, Kennedy won't miss your question if you tag her in it, so let's keep this thing going. 
Great job, Kennedy. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, later. All right, everybody, that does it. Episode 18 of Stick to Football. This was a fun one. A little bit quicker than normal. We have a lot going on in the Bleach Report world this week. Connor shooting NFL previews. I'm writing a huge scouting notebook as we start to get back to the swing of things. And we're planning that extra bonus episode with Matt Camp, our fantasy expert, that will probably hit late this week or early next week. So be on the lookout for that. The way to do that, subscribe to Stick to Football on iTunes or any of your podcast apps. Uh, You can also download the Bleacher Report app and subscribe to the NFL Draft channel. You'll get a nice little update when Stick to Football comes out. So thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks to Connor. Thanks to Kennedy. Uh, Be sure to follow us at Stick to Football on Twitter. Keep leaving those iTunes reviews. Keep sending us your questions. We'll talk to you guys soon. 